And uh, so thank you uh, for everything you did. Let's th thank both of them and, and for... Oh, right. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to invite you to open your Bibles. We're going to be in a couple places today, but uh, one of them we're going to start in the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, so all the way back towards the beginning and not a place where maybe you'd normally go. And as we start off today, today's not part of a series or anything, but I want to start with a question for you. The question for you is this. Have you ever, when you've been asked, hey, how have you been or how are you doing, have you ever responded by saying something like, oh, I've just been so busy? Any, anyone ever do that? Or maybe, hey, have you ever said things like, I just, there's not enough time in the day to do everything? Or maybe when I just need it, I can't wait for this fill in the bank, this season to be over. I can't wait for Christmas season to be over. I can't wait for the school year to be over or, or whatever because I'll finally have my life back. I said that first service and some of the teachers are like, yes, we say that every day right now. Or maybe for you, you're a parent and your kids are in sports and they're in a tournament and you have that thought where you say, honestly, I kind of hope they lose so this whole thing can be over. And then we have some free time. Maybe you haven't said those things, but are you the type of person who the very last thing that you do at the end of your day is check your phone? Maybe you're checking social media. You want to see what's going on. The very first thing you do in the morning is you grab your phone and check it to make sure you didn't miss anything. Or maybe you're the type of person that you work on work even when you're not at work. The weekend, oh, I just have to check a few emails. I just have to do a few quick things. If you are any of those, this morning is for you. Uh, this morning's for me, because I'm some of those things. And I, I'm, if you're like me, I, if you take a personality test, I'm an achiever. I like to do things. I like to get things done. I have no problem with work. I like work. It doesn't bug me. Doing work at home, I'm fine with it. I like it. My engine runs a little bit hot, and yes, I am the type of guy that I wake up in the morning before coffee, and this is still about my energy level. And yes, I know that annoys some of you. That's okay. But I have this ability, uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's ability, but I have this thing in me that I can just keep going and going and going. And with that, there's, when I think about that, that's why I need this message today. See, today we're going to talk about something that we all need in our lives, whether you're a Christian or not, but I believe that as Christians, we're actually instructed to participate in what we're talking about today because it's for our good, and what we're talking about is developing this rhythm of rest. That is so important that we do this, that God talks about it over and over again throughout scriptures, and we need this. And, and we need to not say, yeah, one day, but we need to do it now. I remember once when I was in uh, high school and I was, uh, went golfing with a, a group of guys and one of the youth leaders, and that youth leader had this saying, he kept saying to us while we were golfing, he said, just hurry up and slow down. <laughs> and I think for some of us, we need to hurry up and slow down. And so today, this is for you, it is for me. 
Um, I have to just admit something up top. Today, uh, as many of you know, is my last Sunday for a while because I'm going on a sabbatical, meaning I'm taking two months off. So it's a good time to talk about rest. Now, I just need to tell you, I'm not talking about it to justify why I'm going, by the way. (laughs) It's not, this is why we're doing this. But as I'm thinking about and preparing for sabbatical, which, by the way, let me just clear. I am coming back in two months. I'm coming back in August. Um, This is a a good thing that we're doing. And no, I'm not leaving the church. So some people have told me, thanks for being our pastor. It's been great. And enjoy your sabbatical. And I I don't know if I should read more into that. Um, But no, so I will be back. It is an intentional biblical rest, uh, and it's rooted in scripture. But when I've been thinking about and preparing for this, it's got me to think about why is rest so important? Why does God command us to slow down, and what does it do for us? So that's what we're going to look at today, and I want to invite you to pray with me as we get started. God, uh, we thank you for this morning, and even for this idea of rest, for many of us, that thought sounds really good but it also might cause a little bit of stress. What if we slow down too much and miss something or don't get enough done? And God, it's those very reasons why we all need this, and it's those very reasons why you've created this idea of rest and commanded it of us. So I pray that you help us understand it well this morning and change us, shape us into your likeness and image. And Lord, we're not piling law on anybody We want to experience the freedom of a life that you've made us to, created us to live. So we thank you and give you this time in your name. Amen. Now, as we jump into this topic here today, I want to tell you that back in January, we did a short series called Healthy Habits. And one of the Sundays we talked about, um, Pastor Dom talked about this idea of rest. And so I'm not going to repeat any of his ideas. They're there. But it's so important that I think that there's actually kind of almost a two-part message of why we should do this. So this idea that we're talking about today is in this biblical word called Sabbath. And any of you, maybe if you've been around Christianity long enough, you've heard of Sabbath. Um, If you maybe have Jewish friends or grew up in the Jewish faith, then of course you would know Sabbath because it's such an important part of the lifestyle to this day of the Jewish faith. And it's rooted in Scripture, and it's something that applies to us. In fact, Sabbath is even the rhythm of our country— Uh, was built on this. In fact, some of you, can any of you remember a day when things were closed on Sundays? If you remember those days, yeah. Uh, And and I'm not talking about Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. I mean, you know, the non-Christian stores or whatever they would be, but they, they were closed on Sundays. And there was even a day when youth sports didn't happen on Sundays. You could actually get it done in six days of the week back in the old days. Uh, That was the rhythm because it was built on Sabbath. There's actually laws, many of them in our eastern states, that were to guide and direct how we are to behave and live on Sabbath. Um, In fact, I heard, uh, I'm going to mess up the story, but one of our presidents got pulled over because his motorcade was going on a Sabbath once, um, not recently, so a long time ago. Um, So those laws are embedded in us. So what is Sabbath? Where does it come from? So Sabbath is first mentioned in our Bibles in Exodus chapter 16. 
Actually, in Exodus chapter 16, the Israelites were getting, uh, receiving this manna and going out daily to collect it. And they're told to collect it for six days. And said, on the sixth day, get two days worth of food because on the seventh day, you are to have a Sabbath. Then we find ourselves four chapters later in Exodus chapter 20, which is part of what we call the Ten Commandments. And in the Ten Commandments, it's so important that God actually instructs Israelites to practice and remember the Sabbath as part of their commands. And it says this in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9. I have it on, eight. I have it on the screen for you. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day... The the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. As he goes on, he says, On it, on that Sabbath day, you shall not do any work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant or female servant, or your cattle, or the resident who stays with you. In other words, you can't hire someone to work for you on the Sabbath. You can't have your kids do anything on the Sabbath. You can't even have your cattle do anything on your Sabbath. Take a complete day off. Why? Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth. For six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that's in them, and he rested on the seventh day. And for that reason, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So this idea of Sabbath is introduced to the Israelites on, uh, in, in Exodus, told to, to have a Sabbath. Now, Sabbath is, uh, there's a couple words in Hebrew scriptures that talk about rest. One of them is the word Sabbath. It's rooted in that idea of rest. But when we think about, so why would God command us to have a Sabbath? Why was that so important? And I want to give you a couple ideas of why, and then we're going to spend most of the time today talking about what would it look like to actually have a Sabbath in our lives. So the why is this? Well, we're just told in that passage that God created the world in six days, and on the seventh, he rested and set apart that day and made it holy. In other words, what God did is he said that, hey, I, I'm set, there's something sacred about the seventh day. So God set this apart, so he wants us to also set apart one day a week. What's interesting about that is when you study uh, our lives, you study biology, you find that without rest, we become a wreck pretty quickly. I remember when I was uh, working as a church planter, and uh, I was bivocational, so I, I was working in management, and then for half the day, and then did church planting. And I'd wake up at 4 a.m., go to work, and work t- till about 1, and then I would come home and work on the church stuff for the rest of the day, and uh, then try to be present with the kids and, and things like that. And so I was sleeping maybe four or five hours a day. And uh, I thought, that's fine. I'm an achiever. I can keep going. I can do this. And I did. I kept going until I started just not feeling well. Which, you know, I'm a little slow compared to some. And so it took me a while to realize, you know, maybe I need sleep. And, and one of the days when that became very apparent to me is I took uh, my oldest son. He was in karate lessons at the YMCA. So I dropped him off at at his karate lessons, it was at night, like seven or eight at night, and I remember I was running on the treadmill while he was at karate lessons, and I was so tired from days after days, and I was watching, Monday night football was on the screen, and he was at karate, and I'm running, and I literally fell asleep while running. It's amazing. You know how you find, you know how I know? 
Because when you fall asleep, your legs stop moving on the treadmill. <laughs> you wake up pretty fast, let me just tell you that. And then playing it off, you just kind of go like, well, I'm, just, I'm good. Everyone's staring at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, just sleeping. Anyway, but our bodies are designed to actually rest. I started studying uh, this last couple weeks about the brain and why, what happens when we don't shut off our brains. And it, it produces cortisol when you have the stress, so you have your fight or flight response, so that this constant going. When you are at work, there's usually some level of that, especially depending on the nature of your work. So even if it's the middle of the weekend and you think, oh man, I just have to do a couple things, your body goes directly to that work mode even if it's just one or two things. And so, boom, that cortisol level jumps back up and you're kind of living in a perpetual state of stress. Maybe many of you can relate to waking up in the middle of the night and going like, oh, I have to think of these few things. Anyone, you don't have to raise your hands, but I've been there. In the last couple of years, I've had many of those nights where you wake up and think, oh, I have to reach out to this person, that person, and all these thoughts. And then it takes a while to get back to sleep. Why? Your body not only does stress, it also goes into adrenaline mode. So what they find is many of us, we have this high level of the cortisol being produced from the fight or flight, as well as adrenaline from work that's being produced, and we live in this kind of battle in your brain physically that's going on. There's no doubt or no wonder why stress has negative effect than on your body physically. We even find that uh, some of us... <laughs> who are always in that adrenaline, go, go, go mode, your body gets addicted to adrenaline, which explains some of us being adrenaline junkies, right? We need that. But over time, it's unhealthy. You find that your brain actually, without breaks, even during the day, gets to the point where it cannot continue to make good decisions. So, teenagers, if, you ever, if your parents ever say, that wasn't a good decision, just say, I've just been thinking too much, just so, working so hard. And No, just me, funny? Okay, no, we'll move on. So your brain literally cannot handle going without breaks. It just can't. You're not designed for it. So isn't it interesting that God has created the world, he's created us in his image, he's made it very good, and he said, hey, for your own good, we're going to rest. It's part of the rhythm of life that he's baked into it. Let's look now at Genesis chapter 2. This is where God uh, has created the world. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, says this. On the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested, that's the word Sabbath, on the seventh day from all his works that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. He set it apart because on it he rested from his work and all the work which God had created and made. Now, why did God rest? Was he tired? Did he run out of ideas? Did he get to the, you know, once he creates a platypus, he's like, yeah, I'm really running out of ideas here. <laughs> I mean, wh why, did he, why did he stop? Well, we're told in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, that he stood back, he looked at everything he created, and he said, this is very good. And he rested. He sat back to enjoy the works of his creation. He, did, he didn't need the rest because he was tired or out of ideas or out of... He said, what I have made is good and it is sufficient. And he rested. So at the very core of Sabbath is this idea we start to think, wait, we're made in God's image. He rested. He set it apart. He must know we need this. So when we practice the rhythm of rest, we're actually de demonstrating the same thing that God did. 
We're demonstrating that we believe that our significance is from God, that we have all we need. We can actually step back from our work because it's good enough. See, God said, what I have is enough. Why do you keep producing over and over again? So we find that God set it apart because we need it. Here's it. One thing um, that we learned when we were living in Israel. Uh, so my family and I lived in Israel for a year, and there Sabbath is baked into the culture. Everything's, most everything's closed on, on Saturdays. We would wake up in, on Saturday and walk to our church that met on Saturday mornings. And with three little kids, uh, that's like a two-mile walk uh, uphill. And uh, we... Admittedly, some days we cheated and jumped in a cab, which I'd be like, why aren't you resting, buddy? But thank you that you're not. Anyway, so we would go to our church, and then it would be like a two and a half hour walk home, because often with other people from our church, we'd get some food, we'd sit in the park, the kids would play, and you'd just rest. And what's really interesting is that that whole day makes such a a difference, or it's so different than anywhere else, and it really set apart the nation of Israel. And it was so good. And so it's part of just this idea of, man, this is something we need. I, I see why we're doing this. Now, what are the other things we know about Sabbath? One, it keeps us humble. Look at this. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 31, Moses is writing, and he says, Your seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn rest for you, so, yet you, may be, so you may be humble yourselves. Why would we be humble? Because of Sabbath. Because we're actually saying we don't need to keep producing over and over and over again. That we actually are saying that our significance comes from God. That there is a point in which we can't do any more. We don't need to do more. We don't have to keep saying, what if I don't work this day? Maybe I won't get that raise. Maybe I won't make enough money. Maybe whatever that might be. Parents, for you it might not be work. It might be your kids and sports. You say, what if I miss out? What if he doesn't have this extra day of baseball practice? He'll never be able to hit a curveball and not be a major leaguer and then everything's over. We get these things that we need. What if we just need to do more and more? Maybe some of you, it's not work, it's not your kids, but for you it's this constant FOMO, fear of missing out. And you say, I, I have to make sure I'm always doing something. I'm always finding out what's going on. Because what if someone has fun and I wasn't there? Which, by the way, social media perpetuates that, right? And so you're constantly running from one thing to the next. Instead of learning that when we st- take a step back, we actually learn this, that God, what you have is enough. I don't have to keep getting better and better and better. And I'm not talking about working hard. I'm not talking about improving. I'm talking about there's a point in which you say, God, what you give me is enough. It keeps us humble. The other thing that we find is it tells us to trust. It's an act of trust when we step back and pause. In our work life, we're saying, God, you'll provide. You know what? If I don't send the emails today, I know you'll provide. Now, again, I'm not advocating irresponsibility, but you know what I mean. In your family, trust. We trust. When we break from things, we trust that we're not going to miss out on something. Even in your own body, what we learn is that we trust that our body needs rest and that God will provide. And we could talk about what happens if we don't take a Sabbath. Some of you are living, walking examples of that, are you not? Where we get to the point where we feel burned out, Maybe it's pride. 
because you feel like, hey, I, the world needs me to keep going? Maybe some other unhealthy habits that you develop just to cope because you're always running and you're always grinding. So what I want to spend some time with today is how can we have an intentional Sabbath? And I want to start off by telling you that I do this okay. <laughs> I do it okay, but not great and not always intentional. And so this sermon is for all of us to process and think, how can we be intentional about rest because God's commanded it? So how to have an intentional Sabbath is what I want to give you four ideas. And uh, we're going to walk through those four ideas. And they're rooted in the Jewish culture. Um, and rooted in scripture of things that God has explained for Sabbath. Now, I have to also say, to this day, anyone who, if you know, if you grew up in the Jewish faith or have family who is, or friends, if they really practice Sabbath, it's become very legalistic. To the point now where you go like, that's a lot of work to not work sometimes. Um, to the point where you can't, uh, you know, drive a car, you can't uh, cook on the Sabbath, you can't push buttons because it's creating new fire, which is light. So even in Israel, the elevators will go constantly for 24 hours and stop at every floor, or every other floor and open up so that you don't have to push a button, you just get in and ride it up. Um, in our apartment that we lived in, the hallways would be um, dark and m most a lot of apartment complexes in overseas will have you know, a light switch outside your door that will light up the whole corridor. And, um, but you can't turn on lights on the Sabbath. And so people would walk up in the dark until every once in a while we'd come out you know, on a Friday night and turn on the lights and they're all like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad we have pagans in here um, to turn on the lights for us. So, but it can get really legalistic but there's a heart behind it. So we want to look at, so how do we have an intentional habit or Sabbath? The first one is this, is stop work. Stop work for the day. Now, some people debate whether this should include chores or not. Any of our students, you guys vote on this. Chores on the Sabbath or no? You know, no, no chores on the, hey, mom, dad, we just need a Sabbath to the Lord. Come on. Um, there are definitely families who would say no chores. In the Jewish faith, it's no chores on the Sabbath. Uh, you know, Sabbath runs from sundown to sundown, uh, sundown to sundown, so Friday night to Saturday night. You can do chores though Saturday night though, kids, so you know, you're going to get it done. But some families would say, no, no work at all. Now, for some of you, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but certain work might actually be therapeutic. So some of you, like yard work, actually is rest. Many of us who work in the people business we like doing things like mowing the lawn and stuff because we know it will do what we say. When we mow it, it gets done. And so a lot of people who work with people actually say, no, yard work is actually, or things like that, actually is restful. So you want to define what that is. But so again, some families just stop everything. But you need to stop work. Uh, Peter Scazzaro, uh, in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, is talking about Sabbath and actually uses these four things I'm going to tell you about today. But he says this in the first one. When we stop all work, we let go of the illusion that we are indispensable to, to the running of this world. When we let, stop work, we let go of the illusion that we are indispensable to the running of this world. It allows us to say, hold on, life is going to go on without my responding to this email or without whatever it might be. I remember once I was at a jury duty, uh, which everyone loves jury duty, right? You get there and 
when it's a really good day, you just sit in the room for a little while. They never call you back to a case. But I got called back. There's about 80 of us in the courtroom. And then the judge, they start calling jurors. And then the game of who has the best excuse to get out of it starts, right? That's how it goes. And I remember one lady in front of me, uh, she, her name got called and she looked at the judge like, oh, I couldn't possibly do it. I have a lot of work and my work's really important and they need me. And he looked at her and he goes, oh, they need you. Yeah. He goes, oh, well, who do you work for? And she said, I work for AT&T. And he went, okay, AT&T needs you every day or it won't, it won't work. Oh, I have a really important job. He goes, your job's so important that if you do jury duty, AT&T is going to struggle without you. She goes, it's, I, have, I lead a big team. And he's like, AT&T will be fine without you. <laughs> You're on the jury. So, so which the rest of us are like, don't use that excuse. I'm not that important. <laughs> but it was this, I was thinking about it. Um, that, at that moment, I was kind of laughing about it. And then to this day, I was, this last week, I was thinking, yeah, isn't that how we often think of ourselves? Now, you might be really important to your company. You probably are. Many of you are. But you know what? It's probably okay for you to step back every once in a while. We're not indispensable to the running of the universe. And God wants us to rest, to stop. Um, one friend I know who's a pastor is very intentional and good about Sabbath. And his family, they actually have a no chores except for doing the dishes rule on Sabbath. So that was the one, because his wife's like, we're not leaving those dishes until tomorrow. We're doing them. And, and he says like, yeah, we, we actually just take the morning and we stop all work and we hang out and it's just this wonderful time as a family, which leads to the second thing. When we stop work, what do we do? We rest. Sounds profound, doesn't it? We actually want to be intentional about rest. And when I say that, what I mean is this, is do the things that will restore and replenish you. And that's going to be different from person to person. Some of you, a nap is rest restorative. Some of you just sitting around and reading is restorative. But whatever that is, it's what, does, what replenishes you, and it's okay. So this friend I was telling you about, he says their, their family, they wake up, and he goes, we, we sit around in our bathrobes till like 10, and I'm just like, wait, you wear a bathrobe? But um, that was different. But they sit around and, they, and drink coffee, and there's no rule to get anything done early. They can just read, and some, they sleep when they want to sleep, and they just relax as a family. They're allowed to play music because they're kind of into that as a family. But for the most part, when he describes it, it's like, yeah, we just, there's no pressure on anybody. We just do what helps us. And this is the whole family thing. So it's the parents with the kids. Like, no, this is our day of rest. We're going to rest. We're going to just enjoy whatever replenishes us to this day. So you want to think about, what is that for you? Now, if you're married, if you have kids, obviously you want, to, you want to figure this out together. Sometimes what restores you is not going to restore your partner. So you don't want to say, hey, it's nap time, let's all go, if the other person's like, nah, I can't. Or vice versa, maybe it's watching sports or whatever it might be. Find something that's restorative. Leads to the next one. And this is delight. So you want to stop work, you want to rest, so that's intentionally restoring. And then delight, and what I mean by that, is delight in God's good creation. And this is going to look different for other people again. 
Some of you, it, but the intention is that we stand back and fill your, allow yourself to be filled with the wonder of what God has created. It might be creation, but it might be activity. It might be things that you just say, I enjoy this. And I'm deli- I, you're intentionally saying, I'm just delighting myself in the world you've created. That might be surfing for you. Uh, those of you who surf, you kind of have these, we have these moment, moments often, right? The pelicans are on the water, the dolphins are going, how could you not delight in creation? But there's moments. This is saying that you're just saying, I'm just enjoying the things that God's created. I remember in Israel, we, I actually got in a habit, I'd play basketball with a group of guys on Sabbath in the morning at the park. And it was play, it was fun. We were just delighting in playing, just enjoying the world. And so you want to intentionally bake that in. And there was nothing about that that was producing. It wasn't making us better at anything. There was no sports practice. It was just out there having a good time, enjoying it. For me, on Saturday nights, so I don't work Saturdays uh, usually. Um, and Saturday nights, often I cook. And when I cook, I kind of tell the family, like, hey, I like when you're in the kitchen, but just not when I'm cooking. So Leave me alone. Give me my space. Sometimes we'll have fun and help, but um, I like that time when it's just my music, my food, and I cook for the family, and I delight in it. I love food. It's great. Food's amazing, and I like cooking it, and for me, that's, that's Sabbath. It's restful, and in my house, whoever cooks doesn't clean, which is very restful. (laughs) So you want to delight. Just find ways to delight. When you have kids, Delight to find things that you can delight with together. That might be game nights. Uh, I know for many years our, we had we had pizza night on Fridays, and then we'd watch a movie or something together with the boys. One, my wife would often say like, "I don't like your movies," so she would get to go read or whatever she would delight in. But it was just family time. Sometimes card games or games, but it's just together. And by the way, you can't delight when your phone is on. You with me on that? So when, you're sa- when there's Sabbath, take the phone and say, you know what, we're going to take a break from this. It's really hard to be focused when it's there. Last thing is this. So we want to stop work, you want to rest, you want to delight, and then contemplate is this last one. What are we going to contemplate? God's great love for you. So Sabbath is intended to be very intentional. It's not just turn off your brain, but focus it on something. Once we slow down, we just delight and say, God, it's so amazing that you love me. That's why there's a rhythm of gathering to worship on Sundays, which was a traditional Sabbath for Christians, because we want to reflect on the message of the good news of Jesus. And so you want to reflect. When's the last time you just sat there and said, God, I just want to, it's amazing that you love me and you forgive me just as I am. You want to contemplate God's love on the Sabbath. It's meant for a time of just worship and reflection. So you don't say, oh, I'm too busy to go worship. No, that's part of it, contemplating God's great love. So I'm going to give you four practical ways to help institute this that I haven't done all of them. They're in works, but I'm going to invite the team to start making their way up when we look at these. Here's a few things to think about. First one is this. You want to choose a 24-hour time block that you will consistently keep. So it doesn't have to be Saturday or Sunday, but think in your own rhythm. When's a time that you could use, that you could consistently keep it? If you say, that's impossible, start with 12 hours. But the 12 hours can't be from eight at night to eight in the morning, okay? That's not Sabbath. 
Try to find a time that you can actually say, I'm disconnecting for 24 hours. Talk about it as a family or a couple or whatever. Next one, identify what will bring you delight. What are the things that you would say, I just, this helps me delight in what God's doing. This helps me delight in the world. It can be time with your friends, time with family, but this is not producing more. It's just enjoying what God has given you. So what identify what brings you delight. Is it reading? Is it sitting on the beach? Is it a nap? (laughs) Think of those. Write them down. Be intentional. If you're married, share them with each other. And you say like, oh wow, we have nothing that matches. Cool. Or maybe it's, okay, here's here's the thing that does match. We we love to hike together. let's, Let's build that in. Whatever it might be. And then that prepare in advance. It is hard to rest well because things always come up so you have to prepare in advance you have to think through okay if we're not going to do any chores tomorrow what chores do we need to do today you should see israel on friday afternoon it is chaotic everyone is working so hard and it's it's almost comical how hard people work you go to the market and it's nuts but you know what when sun goes down you light your sabbath candle and you hear worship songs you hear you hear this clinking of dishes, people are eating together, they're singing hymns, and they're just enjoying one another for 24 hours. And then Saturday night, chaotic again. But 24 hours, fantastic. And then finally, the last practical thing. Finally, oh, you guys added number five. Way to go. Um, First service, I added five, and there they put it there for me. Create a will and will not do list, so make sure you know ahead of time what's going to make this day different than every other day. For you, for me, I, you know, chores all day, working in the yard, all that. I have to think about, okay, why is this day different? And so you have to think about what would I do and not do that actually makes it different today? And then have your family in on it. Make sure that they're a part of this. Um, as I told you and you know that I, my, my wife and I get to step off. I have two months off on a sabbatical, which we didn't even talk about the sabbatical years in scripture. A lot of it is there. Um, we have two months off. A couple things. I'm coming back, okay? I'll be back in August. Someone said, I've had multiple people say, you're going on sabbatical? Well, it's sure been great having you as our pastor. And I was like, wait, what do you know that I don't know? But it's a two-month thing. I'll be back. Super blessed that the church offers this. You know, we've worked here for 11 years. And um, so it's, it's been fun. If we see you in public, you can say hi. Don't be like, oh, there's Ryan. I can't. I'll just extend it a day every time I say hi to someone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we still have friends. We're friends with you. You can say hi. It's okay. It's just if you have a problem, go to Dom. Don't come to me. <laughs> so have the, all your problems in the next two months. It'll be fantastic. But on my sabbatical, I, I'm, I'm going to share insight into it because a lot of you are asking. So I have it divided in three things that are all kind of rhythms from here. So there's family time where we're just going to enjoy some time together. Some will be travel. Some is going to be um, just staycation. We live in Encinitas. You don't have to go very many places, right? Um, but we are going to go somewhere to find the sun. Um, and then, <laughs> then I have some adventure to just delight. So what am I doing? Um, you guys know I like baseball. I have eight baseball stadiums I haven't been to yet. I am going to get in a car and hit those stadiums, those last eight stadiums. For me, it's delight. It's fun. Some of you think driving and going to baseball, that's not Sabbath. It is. I love it. I'm going to have a good time doing it um, and connect with some friends all over the country. And then the other part 
is study. It's that contemplate. So we're going to have a third of it where it's just focused on, on Scripture, on God, on some things um, where I get to f- um, kind of dive deeper with focused time that aren't about preparing for Sunday. And we're grateful for this opportunity. And I want to challenge us as a church, could we all try to have Sabbath rest as a rhythm and delight in God and contemplate his great love and see what it would do for our stress levels. See what it, what it would do for our marriages and our families. What would it do for our church community even as you maybe celebrate meals together as life groups? And we just take a moment where we say we don't have to always be producing. It's okay. God has given us is enough. We're enough. You are enough. You can rest.